we always make fun because somehow I ended up having interviews yeah, um, in for, engineering oh conference and they're yes. like, why? Why did you get an interview for an internship? You're yeah. not even an engineer. I was yeah. a biochem major. Mm -hmm. um, and, and somehow the companies always had a biochem position yeah. for, for summer. Um, so it was a great experience. And I, I mean, everything is about networking. And mm -hmm. to be honest, um, I'm still in contact with a lot of people from the organization. Uh, when I know a student um, that is an engineer and yeah. um, I can connect him or her to that yeah. particular contact that I have um, in yeah. my network, it's, it means a lot. It means a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was a great experience in terms of communication skills and leadership. Oh yeah. I think it's a must. If you are an undergrad student, it's a must to be involved with some sort of organization and have a leadership role. I mean, I think that helps a lot, yes. um, especially if you are planning to apply to grad school, to med school, and even to get your first position yeah. um, after undergrad, because not everybody's going to go to grad school. But if you are planning to just go straight to work, mm -hmm. uh, which is completely fine, having these will actually help you in your application process. Have you enjoyed listening to the Incredible Paul podcast? Are you looking for a way to support it? Or maybe you just want some swag? Check out the Incredible Paul store today. We have shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, hats, stickers, and so much more. Go to IncrediblePaul.org, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-Paul.org, and click on the store link. Or go to the link in my socials bio and click on the Incredible Paul shop. Looking forward to seeing your incredible work. Turn this up, turn this up. Your professional development is one of the keys to your career success. When you combine your desire to grow with actionable steps, your journey to success becomes an incredible reality. Welcome to the Incredible Podcast. And now, sharing his expertise, experience, and excellence with the world, here's your host. Paul Faranbi. Hi, I'm Paul Faranbi, and welcome to the Incredible Paul Podcast, where we learn how to become the most incredible versions of ourselves by learning from each other. Today, I'm excited to have Dr. Natalie Fuentes with me. Natalie, how about you introduce yourself and tell them a little bit about yourself? Of course. So I'm Dr. Natalie Fuentes. Um, Talking a little bit about myself, I did my bachelor's in biochemistry and linguistics at Iowa State. Um, then I did my PhD at Penn State, um, College of Medicine in Biomedical Sciences. Mm -hmm. And after that, I did a postdoc at NIH. Uh, I'm currently a senior scientist in a big biopharmaceutical company named AstraZeneca. Um, and yeah, I'm just so excited to be here. Thank you, Paul, for the invitation. Um, so yeah, let's just start. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm really excited. So how did you even, you talked a little bit about where you started in Iowa State and when you went to Penn State and when you did your postdoc and then where you are now. Did you always know you were going to go that route as far as getting your PhD or how did that even come, come to be? That's a great question. So I think I don't know, science lovers, when we are little or younger, we always have that doubt. Should I do an MD? Should I go straight to a PhD? Do I like yeah. research more? Um, do I want to see patients? Yeah. Um, so I think I, I did something pretty cool for me to, you know, like help navigate the system a little bit better and to make the right decision in my case yeah. or for me. So first I applied to many internships. Mm -hmm. Every time that I did an internship, I did it in a new field. For example, um, during my first year of college, um, I stayed within the University of Puerto Rico and I did a project in biochemistry. Mm -hmm. During my second year of college, I reapplied to another internship program. And then the research in that case was about cancer. So cancer biology. Oh, wow. Then my third internship, I did it in neuroscience. Wow. And my normal research in school at Iowa State was about hardcore biochemistry. Wow. So just by doing internships and research in your university, I was able to get a flavor of a lot of different mm -hmm. fields. So I knew what I really like yeah. and what I didn't like. So that was like the research 
side of things. Yes. Now, for the MD, which was always in the back of my mind during mm -hmm. those years, I did a rotation in a hospital. So I went, I volunteered. Yeah. Um, I was assigned the ER. Wow. I was assigned to work on the ER. And I have to tell you, Paul, that was not for me. So while I was volunteering, I got a patient with a cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. He was literally having a heart attack in front of my eyes. Wow. And when I went through that process, you know, like all my mentors and all the doctors were on top of that person trying to wow. stabilize everything. Um, I made the decision that probably that was not the best setting um, um, for me. Mm. I actually enjoy research. Um, I really like to answer questions. Yeah. Um, I really like the basic part of, of, of science. Yeah. Um, so that's how I actually explore it. So I went through the process of doing it, of yeah. doing research and volunteering at a hospital. And at the end, I think I made the right choice for me. Yeah, definitely. I, I really like how you describe that, the doing different things each summer along with different what you're doing during the semester and then also I think a lot of times with students or with anyone there's this fear that they're going to do something and they're not going to like it and they're going to be stuck with it exactly. I think for your, what you're saying is that that's not really true you can try it if you don't like it you can do something else and also the point of, of all of this as well if you think about it by doing internship in different labs you get different letters of recommendations. Oh, Your yeah. network expands. Yes. Um, and I think that's very important in any science field. Um, so I think that that actually helped me right now from all those internships still till this day that I'm in a professional, um, in my professional career, I, I'm still in contact. I mean, with my wow. mentors um, from those years and yeah. um, it, it has been an amazing experience. Are you a STEM student? Do you have questions about life after undergrad? Are you not sure what professional development really means? Or maybe you just want to meet some incredible people and ask questions to someone who's been in your shoes before. The Incredible Student Community is for college students who want some help navigating through college, finding their way into grad school, a career, or even starting a business. We will meet once a month for an hour each time. You can reach out with questions at any time through a special group of people you know are serious about their growth as a student leading into a professional. Go to incredipal.org slash community to learn more about this. You can also go to my about page, incredipal.org slash about to learn more about me. Join me in becoming the most incredible student you can be. Uh, that's remarkable to even stay in, in contact with them yes. all these years later. And I uh, have a trick for that. I mean, for uh, all the students that are actually listening to us, yeah. um, use, I don't know, holidays to keep in touch with them. So, mm -hmm. for example, if you did an internship three years ago and suddenly you need a letter of recommendation of that mentor specifically, make sure you follow up every year. I mean, Christmas. Send oh, an email yeah. saying, Merry Christmas. I okay. hope you remember me. I have been doing great this year. Uh, I took these classes. I did this type of research. Um, how are you? How are the publications in your lab? I saw that you published something recently. You just actually search in NCBI or PubMed or whatever yeah. you guys use to, to search for papers um, and keep in touch that way. I mean, I think that's a good excuse. Yeah. Um, to send an email and just say, hey, you know, just don't forget about me. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. that. That's a really great idea. I'm taking notes on mental notes on that for sure. Awesome. That, that, that's that's a really good strategy. I know for myself, I've been fortunate enough to go back to Iowa State a couple of times um, to speak to some classes and I've reconnected with my research professors now point just to say, hey, I'm in town and I, at least the last Every year but 2020, because COVID shut down every year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> shut down everything. The last five years, I've got to go back at least once a year. 
Sabiendo, no, that's wonderful. In my case, since I, I did a lot of like traveling with my research and my internships, I mean, one lab is in Brazil. Oh. Um, the other one is in Boston at Harvard. Yeah. Um, I have a couple at Penn State, which is you know, a little bit easier to keep in touch yeah. because I did my PhD there. Um, but it, it, it's always good just to send an email and updating your mentor at the time of what you are currently doing. And they are usually you know, very excited about hearing from you. I'm very proud of, of whatever you are doing. Um, and they they will they will reply. They will yes, reply. definitely. Yeah, I agree for sure. So switching gears a little bit, can you talk a little bit more about what you do at AstraZeneca as far as what you can share? I don't know how much you can or can't share. I, I know, yeah, we have a lot of secrets <laughs> that we cannot share. No, but um I think my journey at AstraZeneca has been very interesting. Currently, I'm in my second position. So I have been with the, with the company two years now. Um, my first position um, for me was the normal, more simple transition mm -hmm. from a postdoc position to a senior scientist in a company this big. Um, why? So I don't know if I mentioned this already. I don't think so. But my PhD and my postdoc were based on developing animal models of asthma. Mm -hmm. um, that's part of my expertise yeah. um, and the company at that time, my position was literally that, <laughs> developing wow. animal models, I'm not joking, <laughs> of asthma. They created a job just for you. When I read that description, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh wow, this is just me in a description, in a piece yeah. of paper. Um, I apply, and not only to, to the, for that position, I apply to multiple ones went through the interview process. I have to say it's very intense. When you are applying with a PhD, you need to present. So oh, you need wow. to make sure you do a full-blown seminar in one hour. Um, you are meeting with, I think, almost every single member of that team in particular. Wow. Um, so th that was a very intense interview. And um, you need to know your stuff, be prepared. And then after that, I, I was, you know, like successful with, with my applications. I have to say, I didn't only got that one. I also got um, three different offers. So I have four offers on the table at wow. the same time, wow. which I always said that gave me a lot of power because yes. I was able to negotiate. Yes. And I think that's something that it's very important, especially for women in science. Yes. Sometimes we don't think how much we are worth, especially yeah. coming out straight from a postdoc. Mm -hmm. um, always negotiate. Doesn't matter the level, doesn't matter your nationality, doesn't matter if you are male, female, negotiate. Yeah. What is the worst thing that can happen? No? Yeah. I mean, it's not that they are going to say, you know, they're not going to remove the full offer. Yeah. <laughs> No, and then from that, you can probably negotiate other things like vacations or, or um, stocks within the company mm -hmm. or other things. So always, always negotiate. I did that. Everything went very successful. I started working there. Um, something that you have to know about industry in general is that it's very volatile. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's one day we are here, the next day we are yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and that's very common. That's a risk of, of industry that you must know. Um, so I started working, I started developing my, my model and my team sadly changed a lot of times in a short oh, period wow. of time, um, which it can be good. I mean, for some people, some people love change <laughs> and love actually learning new things quick and becoming an expert quick in, in a specific topic. And that's okay. Um, in my case, I'm a mom. I mean, I think yeah. that's something that I, I should mention. I'm a yeah. mom. And, and I wanted a position that I could become an expert on mm -hmm. something in the industry um, with not a lot of changes, something yeah. that I would feel comfortable um, learning and, and eventually become an expert on, on that. Yeah. So I, I felt that after a year, of exploring bench work, it was time to transition to something else. And, and I have to say that the way that I found my current position was about just networking. <laughs> I mean, I was in the cafeteria um, in the company and someone heard me talking in Spanish and she came to me, she's like, you are Puerto Rican, right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm from Puerto Rican. And we connected, next thing you know, um, they had a position open in their team. 
Wow. Um, and then I, I was able to go through the full interview process again, another seminar um, for this new team. Oh, wow. And what I do now, I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I'm learning a lot. I'm still learning. I have been in the position for eight months. Mm. Um, my position is in late stage. So when you go through the biopharma process, you will have the early which is what I was doing before, you know, okay. discovering targets, developing animal models, etc. And you have the late stage. So late stage is once you have the target ready to go, once you start clinical trials, um, once you are thinking about commercialization of the drug product, um, that would be the delays, the delay, delay part of, of this pipeline. Oh, wow. okay. So I'm currently in the late stage. Yeah. So and that's that's a big jump. Yeah. Um, when right. you um, do it, um, I'm currently learning about regulations. Mm -hmm. So from all, all the, over the world, I mean, we're talking about Japan, China, um, FDA here from the US, yeah. wow. um, Europe. Um, I think it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible to learn about all those countries' regulations. Mm -hmm. I make sure the drug is stable and safe for the patient. Yeah. Um, so my team submit the drug for to a lot of different stresses. Um, for example, if we are shipping a drug, you know, to another country, um, what is the exact temperature? And what happens if the temperature changes? What happens if the light changes? Oh, wow. What happens if we shake the drug many, many, many times? So wow. those sort of things, those stresses actually go into regulatory filing. Um, so my team is actually in charge of, of that part. Um, yeah, it, have, it has just been a great experience so far. We also do a lot of outreach um, with schools, with academia, with government, and that we partner. We publish a lot. So I think awesome. that's another misconception. Sometimes we think when we join industry, your publication record will stop. That's a, that, that, that was my thought. I mean, when oh. I apply, I was like... Oh, you know, like this, this knowledge is all, you know, everything that I'm producing is the company owns it. I'm yeah. not publishing anymore. And I really like publishing. I mean, yeah. um, you can go to PubMed right now and check my name. Um, <laughs> and I, I do like publishing. Yeah. I think that's something that I enjoy just to get the voice out there mm -hmm. and to just explain what I do. And I have to say for both teams, the early team and the late team that I'm part of now, publish. I mean, and that's awesome. actually an expectation that the company oh, wow. has, and it's part of your goals. Oh, wow. um, so I think that's that's just great. Um, I, I'm working currently in two of them, and um, it's it's always a joy to to get the voice out there. So yeah, I think my awesome. new position is it's it's very different. I'm closer yeah. to the patients. Yeah. Um, we answer questions from clinical sites. Yeah. Um, we help with clinical trials. We help developing them and we help uh, making sure that the, the formulation part of, of that is, is correct. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a lot of things, a lot of fun. Yeah, that, that sounds really exciting. And I don't know if you know off the top of your head how many papers you, you're published. So, Are you wondering what's next? Has everything you tried failed? Or maybe you just feel stuck? Then coaching might be right for you. The coaching relationship is a relationship totally centered on you. If you're tired of running on the hamster wheel of life and want to start to see results, reach out to Incredipal for help. So what are you waiting for? Go to incredipal.org slash coaching, I-N-C-R-E-D-I-P-A-U-L dot org slash coaching or at I am Incredipal on all my socials. Or you can click the link in the bio for your free coaching session. I want to make sure you become the most incredible version of yourself. I know you had. I think I just published one recently. I should be close to 15, 16. Wow. Um, I think that's that's where I am today. Um, so I I think it's a good number. I mean, I'm yeah. kind of young. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's a really good number. I would say for every everyone listening or if you're on YouTube, I say, if you're listening and not on YouTube, what are you doing? Get on YouTube, watch the podcast, but definitely search for Nally Fuentes PhD yes. or PubMed and 
I got some papers. And that's... Definitely. And you guys are funny. You guys have any questions, just reach out on LinkedIn and I'll be more than happy to talk about my science. Yeah, that's really exciting. I love that. Love that. So is there anything either on the early side or the late stage that most people don't know that goes into the process or maybe you found kind of um, different or just interesting that goes into the process of making the drug and all this stuff? I mean, everything is interesting for me. I think when you are new to a position, you're like, wow, by everything. I'm still, I'm still in that stage, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Um, but how, how difficult it is oh, wow. to get a drug approved and how long it takes. Oh, wow. I think um, COVID changed a lot of this because yeah. as you may know, you know, like companies like Pfizer, Moderna, they were able to, uh, and even AstraZeneca, um, in terms of the monoclonal antibody cocktail, um, were able to get these drugs approved in an amazing amount of time. Yeah, I mean, it was record it was record time. I think for Pfizer, I think it was a year, if I'm not wrong. That's what I heard yesterday in a, yeah. in a seminar that I went to. Um, so things are, are changing. I think now we are expected to speed up things a little bit because we show that we can do it in okay. a safe manner. Yeah. I mean, um, that's very important. I mean, safety is, is everything yeah. um, for like to us. So I, I think it's, it's that process of, of you know, like eventually how long it takes, um, how much money it takes. Oh, wow. Um, the brains behind it. I mean, you, you are dealing with brilliant minds. Yeah. Um, so the, the coordination of teams, it's, it's mm -hmm. pretty big. It's like, a, I see like, a, like as an orchestra, oh, wow. you need to be all combined. You need to be yeah. all in the same rhythm, same pace. Um, because when a regulatory paper is due, for example, it's due. So yes, um, everybody has to be in in symphony in yeah. order to make that happen. Um, but it's 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 amazing. I mean, the lives that you can touch um, and seeing how effective some of the drugs are with with patients. I think that's that's, that's everything. Yeah. And then you are like, I did something for that, you know, like, uh, yeah. I, I don't know, I, I know about that. Uh, sometimes I'm on the TV and these ads comes out and I'm like, oh, I know that one. I know that one. So that's, that's pretty cool. That, that's amazing. I, I can't imagine how rewarding it feels mm -hmm. to be a part of that process because you are you are impacting people's lives directly, changing their lives, transforming their lives, making them live longer, live healthier lives. Mm -hmm, and, definitely. And I just can't imagine how that, how that feels. Definitely. Yeah, it, it's very exciting. And I'm very grateful um, for having the opportunity to, to have this as, as my job. I think it's great. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And so I know you're in AstraZeneca and then you're based in, in Maryland. Is it is it Baltimore or where in Maryland are you based on? So it is Gaithersburg. Um, yeah. I would say the best way of putting it for people who's, you know, like reference, <laughs> it's um, around 20, 30 minutes um, away from NIH. Okay. And which is Bethesda and maybe uh, 30, 35 minutes from DC. Yeah. So it, it's, it's very close. I mean, it's very close. We have a lot of um, close airports like Regan Duels. Okay. Um, and even, even Baltimore. I mean, BWI, I would say it's, it's 45, 50 minutes away. Okay. Maybe yeah, all in, yeah, all in that, that DMV area. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I know you mentioned the NIH, and I know you did a postdoc at the NIH. Yeah. During what is probably one of the, well, is, uh, most historical times we've ever faced with with COVID. Uh, so I don't know. Do you want to talk more about how how everything broke down in your in your postdoc? And because you, if I remember right, you you were already in that postdoc for a, a year or more before COVID started. When everything right? hit, and I I spent my whole you know like the whole pandemic season um, being a postdoc there. Funny enough, I was in Nayab. So Nayab is the actual institute um, that worked. Um, during the pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, so I was able to see kind of like firsthand all the mess that was going on because as you might know, the Moderna vaccine was a collaboration with NIH researchers. Mm -hmm. um, so NIH was like a very active and 
Some of you might know Dr. Fauci. Um, yeah. He was, yeah, actually the, the lead of the NIAID um, yeah. Institute. Um, I had the pleasure of, of meeting him and one of my best friends, also a postdoc, he worked closely uh, with him during the pandemic. So yeah, it, it was a moment of, of craziness, um, but yeah. I think the team did what they had to. Um, there was a lot of previous knowledge in terms of um, COVID. Um, as you may know, COVID is, is not new. Um, COVID is something that we know about uh, for many years. Um, but this whole variation occurred, and then this is how we build up um, the new knowledge over the one that we already had. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I remember some of the rules of the NIH. Um, we had to take turns to go to lab. Uh, which oh, wow. kind of slowed down a lot of the projects um, for postdocs or postbacs or yeah. um, even staff scientists. Um, so wow. we we were limited. We we needed to like do like a tag team. Oh, I have animals. I need to go this day. I have oh, experiments. Wow. You go in the morning. I go in the afternoon. <laughs> um, we had people even go in the evening um, just to make sure we were able to finish experiments on time. Yeah. Um, we had masks. I mean, we have to take COVID tests um, every day or so. I think it was like oh. weekly. I mean, wow. yeah, we have like some sort of, it was a crazy policy. Wow. Um, we had every morning in the, at the door um, to say we were like exposed, we were like feeling, oh, um, no. you know, like a little bit bad or sick or under the weather. And then they give you um, like a tag like a sticker or something with the oh. mask. And you had to, doesn't matter if you were bringing a mask from home, you needed to use their mask. Oh, wow. If their really? mask was like stronger than the one that you normally buy at the store. Oh, wow. okay. So it was a full process. I mean, I remember all of that, uh, but I, I, I think they took the, the steps necessary um, mm -hmm. to make us feel safe yeah. at work. Um, and, and I don't know, things, things seem, seems to be getting a little bit better, so. Yeah. Um, it feels that we are a little bit getting back to normal, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I really enjoy. But yeah, it was madness within uh, my postdoc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine that being a, a postdoc and then you every, people can't be in lab at the same time and that just everything's slowing down. Mm -hmm. And then I know you were talking about those like COVID questionnaire, COVID surveys. I had to do this, the same thing yeah. in my every job. Day. Yeah. That, especially for me, so I, I traveled extensively. So the other interesting part was just the different regulations depending on what state you're in. Oh, because oh, of, yeah. that makes sense. And also like some of them will be like, well, cause I know every week or every month they would release the numbers of which had the higher amount of COVID cases. And then if you were coming from one of those places and you would have to quarantine even if you didn't have. Oh. So there's sometimes I had to like rearrange travel because oh like oh, I I just came from this place I can't go I have to, to go here one. instead. Oh so wow! It was definitely an interesting time. <laughs> and I think we we learned a lot from that. I mean, we learned that I think now we are better prepared. Yeah. If hopefully, hopefully nothing like that will happen again. Um, but we all know that there is a possibility that we oh, might. Yeah. You know, I get another uh, one of these pandemic seasons sooner than later. So mm -hmm. um, we know we can do it. We know that we can develop our vaccines in a recent, reasonable amount of time. And yeah. um, I think we learn a lot from yeah. the COVID, the COVID pandemic. I, I agree. It definitely, like beyond the the part of just getting through and making the vaccine, and so we can go back to some sort of normal. Let's see. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people, myself, it was a chance to slow down a little bit because everything was shut down. So you didn't have an opportunity to do anything else, but just do some re reflection. And that was actually part of the reason I even started um, mm -hmm. Incredible was I had the opportunity That's to great. do that. Now, looking back, it's over three years ago now. No, I love that. I mean, I was there cheering you up from the beginning. Yeah. So. I'm um, very proud of, of your accomplishments and, and just making sure that the next generation of scientists is able to, you know, get educated and hear mm -hmm. from, from us, you know, like our perspective. Yes. I think it's just such a great idea. 
um, and some sometimes you need to to listen and to yeah. um, get that extra push in order to um, align your career in the in the right direction. So thank yes. you for doing that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I know you do a lot of stuff as well, and we we could probably get into it. But I also want to talk about like some of the stuff that we were involved in in college. So I know, like for those of there is story there. Yeah, <laughs> right. So we we actually attended Iowa State University. We crossed paths there. We were both a part of the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. So Natalie mentioned that she's Puerto Rican. I do not have Hispanic blood in my body anywhere. But, <laughs> but it's just the community, La Familia. Like it was just a really welcoming group and I was highly involved. And it was just a, an awesome opportunity to learn more about diverse people in STEM and get connection and build those networks like you mentioned. I love um, um that group that organization um i i was always in all the conferences and we always make fun because somehow i ended up having interviews yeah uh, for, in engineering oh conference and they're yes. like why why did you get an interview for an internship you're yeah. not even an engineer i was yeah. a biochem major mm -hmm. um and, and somehow the companies always had a biochem position yeah. for, for summer um so it was a great experience and i, I mean everything is about networking and mm -hmm. to be honest, um, I'm still in contact with a lot of people from the organization uh, when I know a student um, that is an engineer and yeah. um, I can connect him or her to that yeah. particular contact that I have um, in yeah. my network. It's, it means a lot. It means a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was a great experience in terms of communication skills and leadership. Oh, yeah. I think it's a must. If you are an undergrad student, it's a must to be involved with some sort of organization and have a leadership role. I mean, I think that helps a lot, yes. um, especially if you are planning to apply to grad school, to med school, and even to get your first position yeah. um, after undergrad, because not everybody's going to go to grad school. But if you are planning to just go straight to work, mm -hmm. uh, which is completely fine, having these will actually help you in your application process. And I think yeah. that was that was very important. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I, I know my first industry experience was directly because of Shep, because we had the RLDC where yes. I state hosted it, and so oh I had and I had connected with one of the, the people who, who came back, and I was just talking to him. Just I wasn't really thinking about getting a job or anything at, at that point. It was spring of 2014, and then later in the fall of 2014, and I was looking for different positions. Mm -hmm. I saw him at the career fair, um, and then at the and and I went to their um, I forgot their info sessions. They used to do info sessions, and I saw him again there. And then I know he remembered me, and we talked again. And, and then shortly after that info session, uh, someone came up to me and said, "Like we want to interview you for a co-op position." The next, I think it was either the next day or two days later, and I was able to do a, a co-op with them that spring semester, so this was in the fall, and then January to end of July 2015, I was working with them in Wichita, Kansas, doing stuff that I can't really imagine, because all at that point, I had just all done only research stuff. Networking. I mean, that's, that's the importance of being involved in these sort of like teams and groups and organizations and um, just being open to, to the opportunities. And, and don't be afraid. I mean, don't be shy. I know sometimes we are introverted and um, sometimes, you know, like we, we don't speak up. Um, but I think it's important sometimes to advocate for yourself. Oh, um, yes. Also, always have your resume ready to go. Yes. Um, I always am a big advocate of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I mentioned that I had four interviews when trying to transfer or moving into yeah. industry. And I have to say, three out of the four interviews were through LinkedIn. Wow. So that's very important. Yeah. And I think nowadays, all the applications have like, something that said i don't know professional link or oh, yeah. website or web page yeah. or blah 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 and that's actually where linkedin goes you just yeah. click your link copy and paste and yes. um, put it there and they will find you mm -hmm. i mean um recruiters will find you yeah. um 
people from the admissions office will find you. Yeah. Um, so just make sure your LinkedIn is up to date and you connect uh, with people through through LinkedIn as well. Yeah, that's very important. That, that's really important. I know you, I, I believe you help people with help up their LinkedIn profiles as well as resumes, interviewing stuff. Well. I love that. I learn from people you have no idea so learning from like people's careers um and their journeys it's it's very interesting so yeah, yeah. i do help a lot of people with resume with linkedin um and that's one of my side you know like job passions yeah. um that i have um and and it's a joy also just you know like counseling and advising and awesome. uh, making sure people understand the opportunities that are out there. I think yeah. it's, that's one of the main um, issues and problems, specifically for minorities. I mean, minorities in science, uh, we don't know what programs can help you succeed. I have to highlight, um, now that we are in a very nice forum, um, yeah. several programs. Yeah. Um, for me, the McNair program oh, yes. was great. Um, and that's part of an undergraduate, you know, like, national um, program that will help you uh, with your applications when you are applying to grad school. Mm -hmm. They will help you with your essays. They will cover um, expenses in terms of applying the application yeah. process. Sometimes can be expensive. Um, if you need to travel and the, the flight is not covered by the school, which is weird, but it can happen. And yeah. they are there for you. If you need to do research, they are there for the stipend and to make sure they can align you with the lab that you are interested um, yeah. in. So I think the McNair program in Iowa State, and I know many other schools have yes. it, yes. Was, was key. Um, also, I would like to highlight the step up NIH program from NIDDK. With them, I did many of the internships that I talked about at the beginning yeah. uh, of, the, of the podcast. They were very, very supportive. Until mm. this day, I'm still in contact with them. I go back as a speaker every awesome. year. I meet their cohorts. Um, and what they have, you know, like the, the, the I don't know, the, the magic of the program is that you are not attached to one institution. Oh, so wow. sometimes when you apply to internships, you apply to a specific institution or blah, blah, blah. The step up program give you the funding and the freedom of going anywhere. Wow. So when I mentioned that I went to Harvard, yeah. was because I knew I had the step up funding. I went to Google yeah. and I wrote Harvard PIs. And at that time I was interested in learning about neuroscience. Is neuroscience for me? That was the project yeah. that I did there. And I put neuroscience, Harvard. And I found a list of very interesting PIs. Yeah. Sit down, wrote an email, mentioned that I had funding, and mentioned that I was interested in their in their research. I read their publications ahead of time. Awesome. Um, I had my resume good to go, and I sent the message. Mm -hmm. Of course, did I think they would reply? No. I'm like whatever, I just sent it to the normal general email that is on the website. Oh, wow. Might not, this might even go to spam. Yeah. I mean, this might even go to spam. And uh, this one PI ended up replying. And she's oh. like, can you be here in two weeks for an interview? Two. And funny <laughs> enough, do you know what the two weeks were? Spring break. Wow. So I was able to take a flight, of course, with the help of all of these other programs, um, to take a flight to Boston and interview. Wow. And after that, I mean, we, we thought it was like a good, you know, match. Um, and I ended up spending my full summer at Harvard. Um, so that was just, you know, sometimes you don't even need, I don't know, networking or anything. You just send an email and, yeah. and, and that, that's it. That's it. Um, so yeah, the step up program gives you that that freedom. I went to Penn State with their funding as well. That's how I met the faculty, and that's how I ended up joining Penn State as a grad student because I was familiar um, with their research program, familiar with their program, the grad program in general. 
um, that was thanks to the step up program. Yeah. Um, so another thing is that you can start in the program as a high schooler. Really? So I did two years of step up in high school. Wow. And then they kind of like to follow you and support uh, you uh, through your career. Uh, so that's how I ended up also applying as an undergrad. Um, that's amazing. So it, it, yeah, it was a great opportunity. At the end of the experience, you have to go to NIH to present your research. So I did that many, many times. And now I just go, you know, as, as a speaker. So it, yeah. it's, it's different. Yeah. Um, so that was another program. Um, I have to highlight Inspire. Oh, so yes. <laughs> I think Paul maybe knows a little bit of Inspire. He did a lot of things with them, <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Inspire, if I'm not wrong, and you can correct me, it's like a Midwest um, program, right? Yeah. So I know it's between 10 universities and college in Iowa, in a, Iowa Illinois, and Nebraska. Exactly. And with Inspire, we ate a lot of pizza. I, I told Paul I was going to mention it. So I was obsessed with pizza, still are. Um, and in every every time that I was able to run a meeting, um, Paul was always the treasurer of our teams. <laughs> I'm like, pizza. So it was it was hilarious. He was like, Natalie, let's order, I don't know, a Asian food or let's order wings. Or, and I'm like, yeah. uh-uh, 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 we oh. stick pizza. So that was also a, a very fun fact. But Inspire um, mm. also support us, support us in terms of research within the institution. Um, they also have their conferences and symposiums that you can attend to. Yes. Um, it's more of a professional development experience. Yes. And they help you a lot with communication skills. They help you um, with, with writing and with just uh, aligning yourself with whatever you need in the future. Um, yes. So Inspire, I, I, I always have them very near my heart as well. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I know we were, we're both highly involved with Inspire that we, we, we started a student organization centered yes, around it, dedicated to did. research. And you, you named it. I, I name it. <laughs> it was a, it was a good day, good organization. And then we were even involved with it after graduate still involved with it, like you mentioned, with now the Aspire, um, Aspire LSAMP Alumni Committee. Mm -hmm. And then even since then, the stuff with NALA that you, along with Lizette, came yes. along with me to help kick that off. It was a lot, a lot of work at the beginning just to get it off the ground. And get the idea ready and people, get everything. Find people. But yeah, it's, it's been really exciting, all, all the work we've done for the underrepresented people or historically excluded people mm -hmm. and it's been it's a bit remarkable no that I, I know that experience and and you might you might notice that um these these experiences were not only as an undergrad we're not only as a grad student mm -hmm. they 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 stay with you Yes. I mean, uh, we we just did this as as professionals in our in our specific careers. Yeah. One time, Paul called me, Natalie, let's do this. And I'm like, of course. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's 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 a life lasting um, um network, and always very grateful. Yeah. For all of those programs, um, what they gave to us, and uh, now we are trying to give back a little yeah. bit. And, and help others um, as well. Yes, definitely. And that's the other thing as far as we were talking about networking is that you don't, you never know the people that you come across, like how long that you're gonna stay in contact with them or they become lifelong friends. Cause when we met at, uh, at Iowa State in Chef, of like Natalie's school, like we were eating pizza together now, now looking back the first, is the first time we met, I think it's over 10 years ago now. Yeah. Yeah, it's over 10 years. I would say yeah. um, maybe around 11, 11, 12. Yeah. Now. So it, it has been a, a long, a long friendship and yeah. um, but, but very happy. I mean, very happy. And I hope it, it continues this way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think until we get very, very old. <laughs> yeah, we're still. And we get retired. We get retired really? together. Really? Yes, yeah, yes. Exactly. Early, early early retirement. Yes, that, that is my <laughs> retire. I do not want to be working into my seventies or even mid sixties. 
we can we can we can shoot for like I don't know 55. Yeah, I think that might be the early, goal. early retirement. That, that's what I'm shooting for. I like to say like all the stuff. I know you have a lot of stuff you do on the side that you help people with. Now, really professional development, interviews, resume, all that stuff. And I do the stuff in Incredible Paul. I like to think of it as my, as my retirement plan as far as what I choose, that I, I, I don't want to work anymore, that there's still something I can do. That's wonderful. No, I see myself, I mean, at that stage, traveling and, and keep supporting um, the next generation of scientists. Um, Right now, I was just talking to Paul. So right now, I'm in um, Texas in International Science and Engineering Fair mm-hmm. uh, with some high school kids that yeah. uh, we have been actually um, supporting through the, the whole science fair process. Um, I'm a science fair kid. <laughs> uh, I grew up in science fairs, yeah. not because my family comes from a science background, but because a teacher kind of identified me as a potential awesome future scientists when I was little and um, and I, I just continue competing and I went to the International Science Fair when I was in uh, 10 and 12th grade awesome. uh, and then after that kept my involvement um, I came as a judge um, in 2017 which is a big achievement because you're yeah. in an international platform um, and then this year I came as an assistant fair director and that's one of my pride and joys as well, just to make sure people have the opportunity to go through the scientific process at an, yeah. at an you know, early age. I think yeah. it's important um, to, to determine whether the kid likes science or not. Um, so having or giving the opportunity to kids, it's, it's, just, it's just great. Um, always talking to schools. I created a training program for Hispanics that is actually awesome. online. Um, together with, with the nonprofit Ciencia en Tus Manos. Um, and we impacted a thousand students, thousand wow. Puerto Rican students from public schools and teachers. Wow. Um, and that was a, I think, two, three hours um, training. We explained in the scientific method. We even nice. um, show a couple of experiments that you can do at home. Nice. How to communicate with the judges, how to present your research, how to design a poster, um, how to understand the rules, because of course it's not that we're going to go crazy and we're going to start mixing um, all these weird things at home and, you know, who knows what you can cost. Um, we need to, to really think about our hypotheses and how to prove the hypothesis in a logic, you know, like yeah. way. Um, so it was a great opportunity, something that I um, enjoy, enjoy till these days and something that hopefully I will keep supporting in the years to come. Yes. Um, so if you have the chance and you know someone or you know teenagers or you know kids or children that can benefit from developing a science fair, um, just recommend that. And if you can help, yeah. um, that's even better. So, yeah, that, that's really go science fair. <laughs> yeah, go science fair. And also want to highlight what you said as far as the teacher that saw something in you and really took you on your path to STEM. I think it's really critical. I, 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 I feel like we're talking about it more now, but mm-hmm. it's not always talking about as far as how impactful teachers are, especially oh. in this, the STEM area as far as, I know not every teacher is in science and technology and, and math, but I think having teachers who recognize that the value, but the value it brings and inspire students to do it. Because I know you've run across so many different people that say like mm-hmm. they either hate math or they're not good at math, they're not good at science. But and we both know that all, all the stuff that you learn in science or in research is just from practice. And none of us are really good at it at the beginning. It's something exactly. that we develop. And we get passionate about it as we go through the challenges and get better. And you keep exploding. I think t-shirts um, and talking here. So I have been networking here at, at ISEF. That's actually the abbreviation of okay. International Science and, and Engineering Fair. Yeah. Um, most people that I talked to, it was that one t-shirt oh, yeah. who actually changed their path wow. um, that actually helped them um, become the scientists they are today. So I think it only takes one. Yeah. 
um, in the whole high school, middle school, elementary trajectory um, to really change a kid's life. Um, most of us, we don't come again from, from science, doctors, families, or um, most of the time, I mean, minorities, we don't have a role model that yeah. we can look and say, oh, I want to be like, like yeah. her. I want to be like him. I want to truly uh, follow their steps um, because that's not common. I mean, it's yeah. getting eventually, it's getting better, but it's yeah. still not something common. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, teachers are just extremely, extremely important. Um, even, you know, sending the science fair as a, as a grade, um, yeah. um, something more relaxed, and then you can yeah. detect which student you see that it's actually very involved and that yeah. trying to do their best or um, that you see some sort of potential. Yeah just just push them a little bit more and take the time i think yes. it's everything about time sit down mm -hmm. with the student um draft ideas and that's another thing um, um sometimes teachers give a specific topic i, I would say let, let the let the student just be creative yeah. um we can do science out of everything everything for me science if you like animals I mean, there is tons of projects with animals yeah. um, that can be, my, my brother, for example, I can give my brother's examples on this. So uh, right now he has a bachelor's in administration and he combined that with animal center management. Wow. So that's an interesting combination. Yeah. And I remember when he was younger, his science fair, he loved whales, loved <laughs> them. Those wow. are his favorite animals till this day. <laughs> and then, um, of course, I was a little bit older. I, I'm four years older than him. I was brainstorming with my mom. So how can we build a science fair that he's still interested in presenting? <laughs> because we knew he was not a science type. Yeah. But it was a requirement from the teacher. So it was a great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we ended up somehow um, measuring the pH of water in different regions of Puerto Rico where the wells have been seen because we have, we actually, we get wells. Um, oh, yeah, we get wells sometimes in the year because when it gets cold in mm. the U.S., you know, they actually um, move to warm waters uh, in the Caribbean. So we, we do get um, wells in yeah. Puerto Rico sometime in the year. So then we waited for those wells to be seen yeah. and then we went to those areas. And of course, this is like a correlation. I yeah. mean, it's not that we are taking the well and doing who knows with the well, we cannot do that. There are things that are not allowed. Yeah. Um, but just for him to have that, you know, oh, a well was in here and I'm comparing the pH level of oh, this water wow. versus the other side of the island. Wow. Uh, was enough for him to be interested and he did well I think he even got like second first place in his category wow. um, and that happens because we didn't say oh you have to do you know like I don't know a plant how the plant grows we, oh, we yeah. he or will not be interested but some kids might like to see how the plant grows mm -hmm. um, so all depends on the interest of the kid but just don't say that it's not possible um, just be creative yeah. I mean, I think science is just everything. And, and very importantly, when I was growing up, I mentioned that I did many of them. It was the same study as my internships. Mm -hmm. So I explore different topics every year. I mm -hmm. went from working with plants yeah. um, to working with an engineering project. So my dad, <laughs> my dad helped me build a, an engine or something. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so it was like some sort of electrical current. I don't know, I don't remember exactly, but I did that um, in eighth grade. Then I did some zoology, like some animal work. Um, I worked with the coquis, that's the native frog of yeah. Puerto Rico. Um, and I remember getting into the forest like at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., trying to record them mm -hmm. and trying to do some sort of like, I don't know, counting them around and wow. um, some sort of like, you know, like when you count the population. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that was like ninth grade. Wow. And then when I went to high school, I met this one teacher and she's like, now that you have the potential to do research in a lab, mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And then she connected me with a lab um, in a university. And after that, I applied to Stepwell. So they were able to give me the funding to um, start research in a lab. And wow. I have to say, this is all from the public system. Um, I'm a, you know, like I'm a kid of the public yeah, educational yeah. system. Um, and it just takes one t-shirt to put you in that task. That's so, um, so yeah, extremely so exciting. That's incredible. Love it. Well, we're about out of time, but is there anything that we haven't talked about yet or you want people to know about you? Oh, that that, that flew by pretty fast. <laughs> I have to yeah. say, I was like, at first he mentioned 45 minutes. I'm like, what? What am I going to talk about in 45 minutes? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, time flew by. Yeah. Um, I think it's just, you know, in terms of advice, um, never give up. Um, never mm -hmm. give up. Um, in your dreams, they, they they can happen. I mean, there are ways of making your dreams happen. There are people that want to help you. Um, there are programs out there that can do a lot of magic for you. Um, contact us. I mean, yes. we, we love, we love to help. We love to hear from you. Um, every way we can. We are busy, so maybe we, I'm not going to answer within an hour, um, of, but I, I will. I, yeah. I will eventually um, expand your network. I think that's the, the best way. Uh, explore different areas in, in science or engineering. Doesn't matter, just explore them. If you are an undergrad, take random classes. I mean, I had so much fun. Probably Paul knows. I took Taiwando. I took the, the beer and wine class. Yeah. I took the walking class. Because when, when you are in a major like science or engineering, it's, it's dense. Mm. I mean, it's a dense major. And sometimes you need your break. Sometimes yeah. you need to take time. Yeah. It's not everything about working is not everything about studying yeah. you also need those other you know like social skills yeah. or have fun yeah i think that's that's very important if not you're gonna run out yes i mean you're gonna get to a point where you don't want to see the word science anywhere <laughs> so just just take the time to to enjoy and have fun take the break when you have to take care of your mental health mm, that's, that's very important um that, that can take a toll on you um and if you have to repeat a class, repeat it. I mean, it, it's, 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 it's okay. I mean, yeah. it's okay. We are not perfect on everything. We are yeah. not experts. In my case, I love some of my science classes, but I have to tell you, physical chemistry wasn't for me. Um, so, <laughs> you know, like, and that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It, it's okay. I mean. It's always one class. It's, it's always one class. For me, it was PCHEM. Yeah. Um, um, and I have to For say, me, it was biochem, actually. That's <laughs> I, the easiest. I know, I know, because that was your major. For me, I just, I think it was just the way the class was made. And I, it was a 301 class. And I was just like, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, a three is a little high. Yeah. Um, but no, for me, it was Pekin. I think Pekin was level four. I think it was a four something. Oh, wow. Um, and I, rem I remember, I'm like, uh, I cannot process this i don't understand until this day um i'm still wondering what that class was about it, it got to that level i mean till this day thankfully what i decided to do after doesn't have anything to do with picking i don't need anything from from there um but yeah just just don't get upset um, um keep pushing because eventually it will happen yes so yeah that's the most important thing uh, that's that's really amazing advice. Good advice. Well, I want to make sure people know how to find you as far as any websites or LinkedIn or Facebook, wherever. Um, tell the people how they can find you. Perfect. So LinkedIn, I think LinkedIn is an excellent way of, of communicating and if he can share it with you. Yeah. If I'm not wrong, it's LinkedIn.com slash um, Natalie Fuentes. And probably he can put a little fancy <laughs> title there. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, After I'll... we are done, awesome. Um, and then on Facebook, I have my um, resume um, page, and that is Dr. Fuentes' office. So I can also share that with your pal, and you can also put it down here. Yeah. And if you guys need me, 
Um, and yeah, I think those are my two main, I don't have Instagram, I don't have Twitter. Um, they take a long time. So yeah, I'm just sticking to the basics, Facebook and, and LinkedIn. Oh, that's good. I have way too many. So you do. I'll see you. I don't know how you keep up. <laughs> I, I don't know how I do either. <laughs> that's a but lot. It, it is a lot. But Natalie, it's been amazing having you on the podcast, talking about your journey from where we were in undergrad together to where you are right now. It's just amazing to see how you blossom. Well, you were already amazing back then, and you just got even better uh-huh. now. And a lot of work, a lot of work, and, and a lot of work. But and your how you've also kept your passion for helping people. Even though, like from the first time I met you till now, you've always been one to to help out, reach out, to reach out to people whenever. And I know you mentioned that. Like anyone listening or watching, definitely reach out to Nally if you have any questions. Definitely. I She'll, she'll reach out. She'll definitely connect with you. Um, so don't be afraid to reach out. Definitely. But I hope you learned something from this, this episode. I know I did. And it was just great catching up with you. Thank you so much, Paul, for the invitation. And again, anything you need, anything, um, if, you, if you are you know, like watching or, or listening, yeah. um, don't be afraid. Just, just reach out. Yes, for sure. And keep being incredible. Thank you for listening to the Incredipal podcast with Paul Ferranbi. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time. And be incredible. Incredible. Incredible.